You're listening to Hashtag No Filter with Zach Peter. That's me, your naturally platinum blonde pop culture connoisseur. I'm the reality TV junkie, self-improvement addict, and host with only the hottest tea spilled fresh all week long. Those balls have gotten you into trouble, though. Oh, you, yeah. They picked us because we're horny. Yeah. Right. And that's your chronic state. 24-7. <laughs> My life has changed so much that it's almost like a completely different life. From the latest news on The Real Housewives. I'm so happy to be here and engage with you. Deep dives into celebrity legal scandals and unfiltered convos with your favorite stars. I've got you covered. And yes, I always keep receipts. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome on in. Welcome on in. Happy Monday, everybody. Hopefully you had a wonderful weekend or just happy day. Happy life. Happy everything. Um, Yeah, hopefully you guys had a good weekend. Hopefully you got to spend it with some family or some friends or you got a little lit. Maybe some of you had some Halloween festivities that you got to. Oof, I'm looking at my hair in the video right now and it is wild and bushy. And if you're in the comments, don't even lie to me. Listen, this is look at look at it's like Lisa Rinna flip, you know, the little flippies at the bottom of my hair. This is wild. Don't even tell me it looks cute because it looks rough and it looks even rougher in person. But it's OK. I'm finally getting it cut this week and I'm going to get it bleached again soon. I think I'm going to let the roots grow just a little bit more. Um, just cause you know, we got to give the scalpy a little break, but hopefully you guys are having a wonderful start to your week. Lot to break down today. We're going to be talking about all of this Lisa Rinna craziness that's all over the internet. Um, some Kathy, some of Kathy Hilton's comments to DMZ over the weekend, this Ebony versus Ramona stuff, because that's wild. And of course I did the due diligence of listening to Ramona's full episode with Carlos King on his podcast, and then listening to the full Ebony episode that she did on her podcast. So I'll break it down. That way you guys get both sides of the story and hopefully, you know, can come to some sort of conclusion. I'll tell you the conclusion that I came to as a, as a result of it. And then Katie Maloney's got herself a new man. So we'll dive into all of that. But let's, well, actually, first, there's one thing I do want to clear up because I don't know where this originated, um, but I've seen it a lot more recently in the comments and the tweets and the stuff that I'm being paid by Erica Jane and her team. Like, okay, at first, when, you know, people would kind of rumble with these things, how much is so-and-so paying you? How much is this wife paying you? How much were you paying the same Like, okay, fine, whatever. It's it's chatter because people are saying something. But now it appears that if anybody has any info on where this actually came from, now it appears like somebody has, has claimed that this to be, you know, a true thing. And I don't know if they went on their platform and said this or what, but... That's not a real thing. I am not paid by any housewife. I am not paid by Bravo. Um, Actually, I did receive one paycheck from Bravo, and that was for my inclusion in the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills finale. But it was only I had to sign a release form for them to use my image and my likeness on the show. And then I did receive a paycheck compensation for that appearance. Other than that, I have never received a paycheck from Bravo. I don't receive paychecks from any of the housewives. The fact that this has even like become like a substantiated rumor, like it's so ridiculous, but it, I don't know. Somebody has to be saying this if now all of a sudden this past week or just really over these past couple of days, it's been like more prevalent and people are like, somebody said that you were paid by Erica Jane. So now I get it. That's not true. 
I'm not paid by Erica. I'm not paid by Erica's team. Like, that's stupid low-budget tea. That's not even tea. That's a stupid low-budget lie. But if anybody knows where this is coming from, if you've heard it or seen it somewhere else, like, please let me know because, like, that's, uh, I don't know. Maybe Dana Wilkie said it. I don't know. She has a lot to say about me these days. Whatever. Low-budget, filing under that fake BS, throw it out the window, put it in the trash, empty trash, Okay, does Lisa Rinna have a Finsta? Is she posting death threats on Instagram? What in the Rinna is happening? I mean, my God, I feel like every day. I've gotten to the point where I'm so tired of talking about Lisa Rinna, and I'm so tired of seeing news stories about Lisa Rinna. Like, if I'm at the point, I used to love Rinna, but if I'm at the point where I'm over the Rinna, then, like, my goodness, I don't even know if they can bring her back for next season. Um, I feel like she was such an asset to the show, but she's also shot herself in the foot so many times at this point because she just goes so hard and, like, gets so impulsive with her social posts that, like, <sighs> yeah, yeah. Like, Rena, you were so good on the show and you gave us so many good seasons that, like, my gosh. Okay, so there's this account on Twitter, right? It's the name of the account is woke Stan. And so they often post different things about housewives, primarily about Beverly Hills housewives. But I've also seen woke Stan post stuff. I want to say from like other housewives shows as well, but it's definitely clear that woke Stan, AKA baddie um, is definitely like a big Lisa Rinna, supporter, right? Um, or at least a fan of Lisa Rinna's. So like if you go through the timeline, like there's a lot of Erica Jane stuff. There's a lot of Beverly Hills stuff. There's a lot of um, Lisa Rinna stuff. I mean, but there's also like stuff about Potomac, stuff about Salt Lake City. So I don't know if this person, you know, whoever they are. So basically the rumor is that this account is run by Lisa Rinna. And so this was posted over the weekend on Twitter and has now spread like an STD on a college campus, spread like gonorrhea. And so apparently there's like an internet sleuth that claims to have looked at the geotag of this woke stance tweets and was able to use Twitter's API to locate the location of this account and they've located it to Lisa Rinna's address. Okay. So what does that actually mean? I am, listen, I'm not an internet sleuth, nor am I like a tech person, but from what I've been able to gather and from the people that I have spoken to, this doesn't appear to be legit. Um, listen, anybody can go on the internet and claim to be anything that they want to be and post these things, right? And say, here are a bunch of numbers. Here's how I tracked it down. Twitter API, IP address, you know, and use terms like that and, you know, create a false narrative, whatever. Um, I will say though, and I will admit to this, I did, I have known about Woke Stan or Batty is what their name is on Instagram. Um, they have a picture of like Rihanna as their profile picture, tweet a lot about housewives, whatever. It's not the first account like this. Many accounts are like this. A lot of people don't show their faces. They use housewives memes. They use housewives photos. They name themselves after, you know, Meredith Snowflake or 
whatever they want to call themselves. Um, I get it. You want to talk housewives. You want to talk shit. You want to remain behind the veil of anonymity. I don't often enjoy that because I don't hide behind a veil of anonymity. So when I get dragged on the internet, the shots are personal. They come at me hard um, and they attack my looks, my personality. You know, my family has been dragged into it. So it's not fun to be in the position that I'm in. But I understand that some people want to be able to talk shit about housewives and have some some sort of anonymity. Fine, whatever. So that's at least what I understood about this Wokestan account. Now, I will say that there was another content creator um, that I did speak to about this exact account like a couple of months ago. And they came to me and they're like, do you think this account is Lisa Rinna? And I was like, you know, it's so funny. I've questioned that as well. But I don't like, but we both kind of came to the conclusion that like, we don't think this person can would really be Lisa Rinna, right? Um and listen, based, I don't think Lisa Rinna is watching Real Houses of Potomac or Real Houses of Salt Lake City enough to be able to formulate opinions and thoughts about those shows as well. And it seems like this account really just is posting about this a lot more, about Beverly Hills a lot more, because Beverly Hills is currently airing and all the Aspen stuff happened earlier in the year that it just seems like as things come out and as they're meant to be discussed, they're being discussed by this account amongst many others. So... I don't believe I or maybe I just don't want to believe that you can tweet something and immediately have it geo tracked to your exact address. Um, I did see that some of their tweets were geo tagged from Dubai, which is kind of random as well. Uh, but I also took 10 seconds out of my day because I love to do that. I love to just take 10 seconds to fact check some of these things. And I was able to also see if I could post a tweet and geotag it from Dubai. And it appears that yes, I can. So it looks like you can post a photo and geotag it from just about anywhere. I know you can do that on Instagram as well because I know, um, you know, if there's a certain post about Beverly Hills or about Dubai or Salt Lake City or New York, you can geotag it from New York, or you can geotag it from Sir Restaurant if it's about Vanderpump Rules or whatever the case may be. So you don't have to necessarily be in that location in order to geotag it. So it is possible maybe this account wants people to believe that they're from Dubai or not from Dubai. I don't really know. But I just know you can tag things. You can geotag them from just about anywhere. Um, is it possible that this is Lisa Rinna? I don't think that this account belongs to Lisa Rinna. Um, I also don't know if I believe that you can use API to trace someone's exact location. Like, is that a real thing now? I always thought that that's something you couldn't do because there were certain like privacy issues with that. And so if you were going to geotag something, you would you can only geotag like a city, like a general vicinity, or you could geotag like a business or an address that's published publicly. You know, so if you're at a hotel, you can geohack the location of that hotel and the hotel is public so people can Google that and find that. Um, I don't think if you go into like Google Maps, you can type in Lisa Rinna's address and that address would actually pop up because that's not a publicly like published location in that sense. So I'm not under the impression that you can geotag from a private residence that's not publicly published anywhere necessarily. Um like if you're in an apartment building, and again, if the apartment building is public and you tag it from the apartment building, that's different. But Lisa Rinna happens to live in a private residence. Yes, you can Google and like do a background search on people and find her address. I believe um, people have done that. But I don't believe that a tweet can be directly traced back to a private residence, at least not as far as I'm aware, and at least not in, you know, talking to the people that 
definitely know more about this stuff than I do. It doesn't appear that that's a real thing unless it's a registered business. So my theory is that this is probably a fan that loves to watch Housewives, that also likes to 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 DM and talk to Lisa Rinna. And I'm pretty sure Rinna has leaked a few things to this account. Other accounts, I know Christian Grace Snow has come out and said that Rinna has DM'd him. Um, so Rinna's not, I don't think it's it's news that Rinna DMs people or DMs fans. Um, we've seen screenshots of it. We've seen when people ask her questions, she'll answer them about the show. So I don't think that that's any new information that we haven't already seen made public that Lisa Rinna has talked to different news outlets or journalists or bloggers or just fans in general. She responds to her DMs. People ask her questions. She gives people information. So my understanding is that this account is probably that. It's probably a fan account that talks to Rinna, has gotten some scoop from Rinna, and I don't think this account really is Lisa Rinna. I don't believe she's sitting at home putting together a fake Instagram or sorry, a fake Twitter account or a fake Instagram account. I think woke stands also on, on Instagram. Maybe not. I'm not entirely sure. Um, but listen, I don't know what to tell you guys. It's such a wild theory. To me, it's crazier that we can just go on the internet and publish something like this and then it becomes like a mainstream thing. I saw a blog also like published a story saying that Lisa Rinna was behind the bot attack on Garcelle's son. And then I read the actual article because people were sending it to me. And the actual article itself said that this came to the conclusion based off of some people on Twitter that were speculating this. And I'm like, when did we start publishing things based off of of speculation of people that don't even have profile pictures on their Twitter account. Listen, if it's somebody from Twitter, if it's a Twitter employee that says, I have access to this interface and this database, and here's what I found, and here's the tracking, and here's the information, and I tracked this to Lisa Rinna's address. If it's a, a verifiable, credible source, that's different. You can't argue with that. If an employee of Twitter is coming forth and saying, hey, I was able to find out this information, that's one thing a random account saying I accessed Twitter's API and was able to track it to Lisa Rinna's IP address at her actual home. Like to me, there are just so many different privacy laws that would be violated in that sense. And that again, unless it were publicly a public location and a person like willingly published their public location, that's a completely different thing. My understanding is that's not what this is. So it just seems to be a bit, I'm not a techie, but it seems to be a bit far-fetched for it to actually be real. And I also just don't want to believe that I can tweet something from my apartment and then all of a sudden people know exactly where I'm located because that's fucking scary as well, right? Then let's get into the other thing. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, that's my conclusion. It's a fan. Rinna gave them some info. They published the info. And that's really what I think that is. I don't think Lisa Ren is actually running that account. But then there's this other thing, okay? There's another Instagram story or a screenshot of an Instagram story that shows Lisa Rinna and she, it, 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 it's a selfie and she's holding up a gun and is laughing, holding up the gun. And underneath it is a caption that says, you know, when I think of Patrick Summers and... Basically, I, I guess he posted it and is like, oh, my God, I saw this. You guys, this is crazy. This feels like a threat, right? So people then took it and were like, oh, my God, Lisa Rinna has, you know, a gun and she's, 
making threats against somebody's life and this is not okay and Lisa Rinna is unwell. Again, I took 10 seconds out of my day to Google this and I found that the photo is from the set of Beyond Salem, which was the reboot that Peacock did of Days of Our Lives last year. Okay, I remember watching it. So when I saw the photos, I was like, why do I feel like this is like a set photo from something? Again, I Googled it. And Lisa Rinna's publicist has also now issued a statement um, to the press. I believe it was published on heavy.com where they're denying that this Instagram story is actually real. They're claiming that it was Photoshopped and Lisa Rinna never actually posted this. I remember looking earlier in the day and looking at Lisa Rinna's stories and seeing some of the stuff that she was posting. And then I remember when I started seeing this surface on Twitter and then I went back to Lisa Rinna's stories. I did not see that this story was ever published on Lisa Rinna's account. Now, that doesn't mean that she didn't post it and delete it. That's also within the realm of possibility. I'm not denying that. I'm just saying I never saw it. And her rep has now come forth and said that that's not true. She never posted this and that, you know, this appears to be a photoshopped Instagram story that people are circulating. The photo is not a recent photo. It is a fake gun from the set of Days of Our Lives, Beyond Salem, which aired on Peacock last year. So whether or not it is photoshopped, I can't verify that because, again, I'm not a techie person. I don't know if that was photoshopped or not. I also know that this individual, not Lisa Renna, but this individual has on numerous occasions given us fake stories. And as I was able to prove again in 10 seconds of my time, that screenshots that were posted to their Instagram stories had proven to be doctored, fake, photoshopped, whatever. I was able to prove that because I would see tweets that like looked like fan tweets about this individual. I would look up the accounts on Twitter of the screenshots of the alleged screenshots only to find out that those accounts weren't actually real or that those tweets were never actually published, but just, but they were photoshopped and, and posted on this person's Instagram story. So it appears that this is probably not real either. It's not a recent photo. It's not a real gun. I never saw it on Lisa Rinna's Instagram account. I haven't found one person that's been able to verify that this was ever on Lisa Rinna's Instagram account other than seeing the screenshot float around on Twitter. And people seem to be spreading it high and wide and want to make it a thing. But it's like just because somebody says it's a thing doesn't actually make it a thing until we can prove that it's a thing. And so far, we have not been able to prove that this is a thing. Now, Lisa Renna does post some crazy things on Instagram stories. I can't always defend everything that she posts. I don't always like everything that she posts. I can't stand behind everything that she posts. And at this point, I'm tired of talking about everything that she posts. But these two pieces we can file under low budget and likely just like total BS. These are not real things. So let's stop circulating this dumb drama. I know this individual is now going on their Instagram stories and being like, oh my God, my life is being threatened. This is not okay. You can't threaten people like this holding up a gun. I also very vividly remember an Instagram live that that individual did where they claimed to have looked me up, found my address and can be at my apartment in 15 minutes. And there were many witnesses that were watching that Instagram live that saw that. I took that as a threat. So we can't cry Peter Wolf and say, oh my God, I feel threatened when there have also been veiled, you know, threats as well that have been made against other people. Because I can say, when you say, I've looked you up online, I looked up your address, which is not published publicly anywhere, I don't believe. Um, 
I found your address and I could be there in 15 minutes. That to me is not okay. Um, But it's also part of the reason I chose a building that is very secure and has security outside. So I don't think threats are ever appropriate. I don't think threats are ever tolerable and they should never be made. However, this does not appear to be a threat. It appears to be a fake bogus Instagram story that was posed to draw up attention. And we've seen these tactics used time and time again with this individual. So I'll leave it at that. Is Kathy Hilton going to quit Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? So Kathy did an interview with TMZ over the weekend with the morally corrupt Faye Resnick by her side. Um, Listen, I would have just said Faye, but I know people, and that's not to like put Kathy in a bad light at all, but people refer to Faye Resnick as the morally corrupt Faye Resnick. And by the way, there's a great podcast called Morally Corrupt on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. So you guys might want to check that out. I'm not on it. Rachel Lindsay hosts that. But um, I just host You're Doing Amazing, sweetie, Fridays on the Ringer Reality TV podcast. But listen, it's a, it's a great podcast. I don't always have the same opinions as them. And I don't know if we always agree on the same opinions. But it's a great podcast. And I support everybody, especially the people that are on the Ringer Reality TV podcast, like me. So the moral, and that's the same with their podcast is morally corrupt, which is why I brought that up. But anyway, um, Kathy over the weekend spoke to TMZ. As we know, TMZ doesn't often just happen to find celebrities out on the streets. A lot of the times they're tipped off, but she did say in this, um, in this interview that she does not plan to come back to Real Houses of Beverly Hills next season if Lisa Rinna and Erica Jane come back to the show as well. If they come back, she's out, which I say, okay, bye, Kathy. <laughs> See you later, bitch. Bye, girl. See ya. I think at this point, I don't know if Lisa Rinna can come back to Beverly Hills. I just think she overplayed her hand so hard and her social media. She got way too involved in social media to the point where I think it killed the golden era of Rinna. Um, I think she may need to be put on pause and make fans miss her and maybe bring her back to save the show down the line because I think the show will start to take a nosedive if we remove Lisa Rinna. But for now, I think she's way too involved. Um, I think it's gotten way too out of hand. When it comes to Kathy, Kathy's a friend of. Kathy's not a full-time housewife, okay? So, yeah, Kathy can go. Girl, bye. You know, she's not going to be full-time. She'll never be full-time. She has said she doesn't want to be full-time. I've always been against her being full-time because I feel like if she becomes full-time, we'll really get to see the monster that is Kathy Hilton. And I think she's cute, fun, hunky-dory like she was last season. Cute, right? This season, she was all right. I feel like she kind of phoned it in. But when the heat came on her, she skipped out. She didn't come to the filming of the finale. You know, we see her coming into the reunion, yes, but she has her little flashcards. Um, so I don't think she ever brought anything prior to whatever we're going to see this week on the reunion. Um, and listen, these media, the media antics aren't anything new, right? Like, I feel like they always try to pull these cards and it always ends up backfiring on the housewife that tries to pull this kind of stuff. So my thought is if Kathy isn't going to come in full time and she's not going to give all of herself and she's not going to face the heat when it's time to face the heat and, you know, actually own her shit, then I think exit stage right. Thank you for your time. This was a fun two seasons. I would love to see Brandy come back, bring back Brandy Glanville. Um, maybe we take out Crystal because I just don't feel like she gels well with the other women. I don't think she knows where she stands. I don't think she knows which women on the... Like, at least Sutton and, and Garcelle 
they have an alliance, a friendship or an alliance, whatever. It is what it is, right? So at least they have each other. I don't feel like either of them really like Crystal. And I don't know if Crystal really likes anybody on this cast. I don't think there's anybody on this cast that even likes Crystal. So I just don't feel like she fits in organically at all at this point. I don't even think she knows what she stands for. The only person she had any sort of allegiance to this past season was Kathy Hilton. Kathy Hilton's not even a full-time housewife. And I don't think Kathy Hilton's going to really do much for Crystal. Um, I don't think Kathy cares about Crystal, to be honest with you. I don't know. We've never even really seen Kathy thank Crystal for having her back with all this Aspen stuff. So I, I don't know. I know I said I would like to see Teddy come back to the show and a lot of people are like, oh my God, Teddy, no. And I know Teddy is a trigger for a lot of you guys, but she's boring. Um, I just thought it would be interesting to see her back in the mix. That doesn't mean I'm lobbying for her to return. I I actually thought the season she got fired on, that next season I thought they should have brought her back because that's when all the controversy with All In was coming out, that that would have been compelling to watch Teddy in that hot seat and kind of have to address All In and talk about that on camera. I thought that would have been a compelling storyline for Teddy on the show. So, I mean, would I like to see her come back? Now that all of the Fox Force 4 or Fox Force 5 are at odds, yeah, I think that would make things kind of interesting, especially if they do plan on keeping Crystal. But I don't think a Teddy return is plausible at this point. I wouldn't mind seeing Rinna come back, but I just don't see it happening. I think it's gotten too messy. I think it's gotten too fatiguing for the audience. I mean, I'm exhausted by it, and I loved Lisa Rinna. I thought she carried the show for so long, but I think she needs to take some time off. She needs to let the, the show slip, come back later like Tamara when the show needs you and you got a sec to kind of cool off, then come back and save the show or try to save the show. Because now we know they're trying to bring Dorinda back. And now they brought back Tamara Judge to Real Housewives of Orange County. It's interesting that they fired these housewives only to then have to bring them back. Um, the Dorinda one was interesting, though. Because I feel like we put Dorinda on pause so that she can, like, calm down and come back a better Dorinda. And then we saw her in Ultimate Girls Trip. And if anything, she's the same monster she's always been. And then if you saw her at BravoCon, she was a little she was a little slurry the whole way through. Which I'm like, is it... You know, is she drinking or is she just, you know, is is slur just her natural vernacular? Is that just her natural cadence at this point? I love Dorinda. I enjoyed Dorinda. She wasn't the most enjoyable to watch on Ultimate Girls Trip, but I do like Dorinda. I don't think we should have ever fired Dorinda, but I don't know if bringing her back, like, what did that actually solve? Aside from tanking New York, what did it actually solve to put Dorinda on pause and now bring her back now? Tamara, why did we put her on pause only to bring her back now? So I don't know if putting Rena on pause is going to change or solve anything. Maybe it will. But I think the only way we would be able to bring Rena back is like three years down the line, three seasons. We do the next season. It doesn't perform as well. We do another season after that. It really bombs. And then we talk about bringing Lisa Rena back. We offer her a friend of position. She turns it down. Then we offer her another full-time position the season after. And then she finally returns and people are excited about it. I think had that been four years ago, that would have been possible. I don't think it's possible because I don't think Housewives has a shelf life of four more seasons to be able to really carry it. I'm pretty sure Bravo producers are going to end up letting Lisa Rinna go. I think they would be stupid if they let Erica Jane go because I feel like if Erica comes back next season, I'm predicting that this is her redemption arc. This is her comeback story because she had such a, a well reception at BravoCon and people seemed to like her vulnerability and her candor when she was on the panels. And from what I saw of them, she was really open and vulnerable. 
So I feel like she has a possibility to win back some of the fans, especially if she doesn't have Rinna by her side. And if she does align with Sutton and become friends with Sutton, I think that could actually help tune Erica or like her image and fans may actually come around to her. Um, So I think this will be a good season for Erica. I don't think they should get rid of her. And I don't see them bringing back Lisa Renna, but I also don't see them changing the cast all that much either because the ratings are solid. I mean, they were getting, what, 1.4 million live ratings, but then even in the the DVR ratings afterwards, they were, like, breaking 2 million easily. So I don't think that this is a bad cast. Reality show ratings are down across the board, so I feel like you kind of have to hold on to it as much as you can. And I feel like every time they've let good cast members go and tried to replace them with new cast members that we just don't have an emotional connection to, it always blows up. It blew up on OC. It blew up on New York. It doesn't seem to be doing all that well for Atlanta. We try to bring back Sheree. Uh, that didn't seem to go very well. It didn't seem like Atlanta was really able to kind of get back on track. So who knows where we go from this point, but I wouldn't mind them keeping the Beverly Hills cast because they did it with Jersey for multiple seasons. They kept the same cast because it was a strong cast and it was good. We'll see. We shall see what happens. But bye, Kathy. It was, it was nice seeing you. Thank you for Hunky Dory. Thank you for the 818 Tequila promotions. Appreciate you. Thank you for your service. Thank you for the biggest bully in Hollywood. I love saying that. You are the biggest bully in Hollywood, and everybody knows it. So listen, Kathy has given us some good moments. Do I still think she probably went on this racist homophobic rant and had a meltdown at Kyle's house? Yeah, I absolutely still believe that because all the women said it and Kathy admitted it herself. So I believe that that actually happened. But yeah, let's miss moving on. Okay, let's let's talk about this Ramona versus Ebony beef, right? Because that is... So wild. Um, I caught clips, not the full episode, but I caught clips of the Carlos King podcast. I believe I mentioned it last week on the podcast about Ramona saying that she doesn't know what this new legacy show is going to be. And if anything, she thought it was just going to be the losers leg, the yeah loser legacy because it's a bunch of people that didn't get their contracts renewed. And I thought that that was very funny. Well, in that same interview, she also talked about Real Housewives of New York season 13 and about how the reunion didn't happen and the ratings were so bad. And she claimed that the reason they didn't have a reunion, she claims that they were all set to begin production for season 14 later that fall in September, actually. And it was supposed to be right after they filmed the reunion. They were all set to go into taping of the next season and all of the women were set to come back, Ebony included. Unclear whether they had any new housewives or what the deal was, but it seemed like production was ready to move forward. The reunion was set to happen. And then Ramona says that Ebony went to HR and filed a claim that Ramona claims is false. And so she said that that was the reason the show didn't get picked up for a 14th season. She claims that that was the reason the reunion didn't end up happening or at least contributed to it, right? Andy Cohen at BravoCon said that the reason they didn't have a reunion is because the season wasn't well-received, the ratings were so low, the investigation kept delaying, like there were, or he didn't say the investigation, but he said that there were multiple delays to the production, that at that point they were like, why are we going to wait so long? People are barely watching the show now. What's the point of putting together a reunion that's just going to continue to add fuel to the fire and is just not going to end well. Um, so 
Ramona did her interview and now Ebony has come out and Ebony issue or I guess responded she did a, a a rebuttal as she referred to it on her podcast. So Ebony went on her podcast and did a whole episode where she kind of recapped BravoCon, but also talked about the accusation that Ramona made and addressed all of this. So I didn't know Ebony covered in our podcast until I received a press release from her team that said, hey, Ebony actually talked about this on her podcast. I don't remember getting a press release for the Carlos King interview. I don't know if he sent one out or not, but I did get a follow up from Ebony's publicist saying, hey, did you get this? Here are the things Ebony said about Ramona in case you want to cover it. So that prompted me to then listen to all of Ebony's episode and then to also go and listen to the full interview that Ramona gave with Carlos King. So these are kind of the highlights and the tidbits of of what these two have actually said. Basically, Ramona or basically Ebony is saying that Ramona is just bitter and jealous because Ramona doesn't have a job. She also says that she was never planning on publicly addressing any of this, because, but Ramona is the one that opened the door by bringing it up on the Carlos King podcast. And now that it's been brought up, she's like, it's fair game. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to talk about it. Let's mention it all. And she quotes Bethany and she's like, Bethany said we should mention it all. So in the Carlos King interview, I didn't get the impression that Ramona said anything negative about Ebony necessarily. She didn't throw any direct shade at Ebony aside from saying that Ebony had been speaking to the press about the other women and the cast members. And she had been, right? She was giving interviews. There were all these negative stories about how the cast was being mean to Ebony that were floating around in the press. And so Ramona said that she had a conversation with Ebony where they sat down and they had lunch. And she's like, listen, if you have an issue with us, bring it to us and address it with us, but stop going and giving these negative interviews to the press. Because if you have an issue with us, we're willing to resolve the issues, but just come to us and have a conversation with us. Ebony also claims that she ran into Ramona at BravoCon and that Ramona seemed friendly, but it was just fake friendly and it wasn't genuine friendly. And she's like, it's okay because I can play that game too. Again, in listening to the Carlos King interview, it didn't seem like Ramona seemed like she in her head still felt like her and Ebony maybe aren't good friends and they don't know each other that well, but they're at least friendly enough to say hello to each other at BravoCon. I don't think Ramona believed that there was a real issue with Ebony or that she had a real issue with Ebony. I don't think she likes Ebony and I don't think Ebony likes her, but I don't think any of the cast members currently like Ebony and none of them are talking to Ebony. I don't think Leah seems to be all that close to Ebony and I don't I don't think Sonia seems to be all that close to Ebony. Maybe Sonia is the only one that would probably be the closest to her, but I think it's pretty telling if, if Leah is not that close to Ebony anymore, considering Leah kind of seemed to connect with Ebony that season. So Ebony claims that she did not file a formal complaint with HR as Ramona claimed. Ebony says that someone, that there was a moment after the scene. So do you remember the scene where Leah's like, you're a hoe, you're a hoe, you're a hoe. And then Leah stormed out. And then after that, Luann and Ebony had a moment. And I guess, I don't remember, did Luann ask her to leave her house? She said something about Ebony, you're getting angry. And then Ebony's like, don't call me an angry black woman. And then she ended up leaving. And so Leah and Ebony both exited that scene. And so Ebony's claiming that after her exit and after Leah's exit, that at the table or during that lunch at some point, that Ramona made the claim that this is why we shouldn't have black women on the show. 
And so Ebony's like, I wasn't there. I didn't hear it, but it happened on mic. And so Ebony made that claim in her podcast that this was caught on mic. I, she didn't say on camera, but she said that Ramona was mic'd when this was actually said. So Ebony then said, somebody told me this information. So then I then went to HR and I said, hey, guys, I'm just doing my due diligence. I'm just giving you this this nugget of information. You do with it what you will. You should probably investigate it because it's a big claim and whatever. Do with it what you will. She says that someone told her this. So then she went and told HR, hey, someone told me that this happened. You guys should look into it. Ramona claims that it was a claim that Ramona is racist. And Ramona said, I'm not racist. Um, or Ramona claims that she's not racist and that she was upset that Ebony had filed this complaint with HR. She said that she tried to reach out to Ebony. Ebony didn't take her calls, but then she texts Ebony and she's like, why would you claim that I'm racist to HR? You know that I'm not racist. And Ebony was like, listen, this is just what I heard. I just did my due diligence as she claimed on her podcast and reported it to HR, even though it's unclear because Ebony doesn't really seem to think that she like made a formal complaint against Ramona. She was just giving HR a heads up. Ramona says that it was a lot more than that, like it was an actual formal complaint. Regardless, it was investigated, right? So they looked into it, and apparently they didn't find any information to corroborate that Ramona actually said that. So if Ramona said that, I would assume there were crew members, there were producers, there were cast members, that there were people that were present for this. Ebony claimed that it happened on mic, so then there should have also been footage and audio of it one or one of the two right if Ramona was actually miked as Ebony claimed so I would assume that if the accusation were true there would be some sort of evidence or there would be at least more than one person that would be willing to come forth and actually corroborate that this happened so Ebony said that it's not that this didn't happen but it's that they had no evidence to corroborate that it actually did happen so my interpretation of that is there's no evidence. So then there's a good chance it didn't actually happen, especially if we're on set with multiple people around. She also claims that the, so the investigation was closed and they found that there was no wrongdoing on Ramona's end, or at least that they didn't have any evidence to prove that Ramona did anything wrong. So then I guess Heather Holla Thompson did an interview where she claims that she did hear Ramona say this and she didn't remember ever being interviewed during the investigation. So then Ebony claims that the investigation was reopened and that they then this time interviewed Heather Holla Thompson and asked Heather what her account was and then ended up concluding that investigation saying that, well, Heather is the only person that claims that this actually happened and we don't have any evidence or any other testimonials or anybody willing to come on record and claim that this was actually said or you like we have Heather's account or yeah, we have Heather's account. But other than that, we don't have any proof that claims that this was actually said. Do I know that it was said? No. Do I know that it wasn't said? No, I'm not. I don't have skin in this game. I'm not really picking a side one way or the other. I'm just giving you what each of these women, Ebony and Ramona, have said about this. So my understanding is the investigation was, again, concluded because there was no evidence aside from Heather's account. I mean, and can you really go based off of what one person said? I don't know. I don't know how these HR investigations actually work. I don't know what how you come to a conclusion like that, but they came to the conclusion that, you know, Ramona was not found doing anything wrong or saying anything inappropriate in that sense. Enough to, you know, continue to push the investigation further. So Ebony then claims that 
there were two other instances that she had heard about and two other claims that were brought to HR about Ramona. One of them being that Ramona used the N-word to a senior producer. And, well, it's also interesting, back to the first, the the claim that Ebony made, if they only had Heather that was willing to come forth with this information, I find it interesting that at least the other person that told Ebony about the claim that they weren't even willing that they were willing to tell Ebony, but they weren't willing to go on record because I don't know if in an HR investigation, if any of that information gets published or if anybody knows who's talking again, I'm not an HR. I don't know how these things actually work, but I would just assume there would have to be at least one or two other people if there were multiple people there and it was caught on mic. Like I would just think like if this were actually real, they would have to have something right. But Ebony acknowledged the investigation was concluded. They didn't find anything on Ramona, but she claims that there were two other instances that reported that were reported to HR. One of them being um, a comment that Ramona made about how, because when Ebony came into the network, they had also hired a bunch of other women of color and they brought in some uh, a few black women onto the production crew. And they claimed that Ramona said that there, you know, now that there are multiple black women on set, that she can't tell them apart or she couldn't remember anybody's name or something to that effect. And I guess there was an investigation done there and nothing came from that. Then there was a second one where she apparently used the the N-word in a, in not the E-R ending, or not the A ending, but the E-R ending, because I know there's like debate with people being like, oh, well, if it's in a song and they, you know, use a, a G-G-A at the end instead of a G-G-E-R at the end, then there's a difference. Ebony claims that this was used with E-R. She claims that the term was used in a conversation that Ramona had with a black senior producer where Ramona was, I guess, trying to compare a term that people have called her with this term that people, you know, have called black people in a derogatory way. And that's the N-word. And so she was like, well, I've been called this. And it's the same thing as if you were to call a black person the N-word. But she actually said the N-word. And so I guess that was investigated as well. I don't know what actually came of that investigation either, but it appears, according to Ramona, she was cleared on all fronts. And also, according to Ramona, she says that she also spoke to Bravo and the executives, and she was like, what are these things that Ebony's claiming? And they told Ramona, this according to Ramona, that they don't know where Ebony got that information, but they don't have any recollection of that happening or something to that effect of being like, we don't know where this information is coming from or how Ebony got this information. But according to what we know, we don't believe this to be true. This is according to Ramona. So according to Ebony, there are three different reports that have been made to HR about Ramona since Ebony was brought onto the cast. Ramona says that that's not true. Ramona also says that she was cleared of any wrongdoing. Ebony says that she wasn't cleared. They just didn't. They just weren't able to find any evidence that actually proved that Ramona had actually said these things. We do know that Ramona has a history of saying really inappropriate things. Um, I don't. I was gonna say I don't know if we have any proof of history of like Ramona being racist necessarily, but we. I mean, listen, Ramona's not been that great on the show, right? She's been derogatory to the staff. I mean, you can say Ramona's maybe elitist. You can say she's definitely, you know, not the most respectful to other people that she 
deems, well, I guess I wouldn't even know if she deems below her because I don't think she's really respectful to anybody. She's not even respectful to her own cast members. But yeah, I mean, Carlos King kind of talked about it. He says that he remembers watching that season as well. And he says that he kind of tuned out halfway through the season or a few episodes into season 13, which was the season we brought Ebony in. And he claims that it was just, it felt too preachy and it felt very political. Ebony also responded to that saying that it wasn't political. She wasn't talking politics. She was talking about her experience. I can say from what I remember about that season, it did feel a little preachy because, you know, there were a lot of these conversations that just kind of felt like we were pushing them. You know, we invited to these women to this dinner, you know, teaching black history. And listen, I'm not saying that these women aren't, you know, a little ignorant in times or very ignorant at times. And maybe they need to learn some things. I'm sure we could all learn some things. But I did get the impression that it did feel preachy in watching the show. That was my impression as a viewer. Carlos King also said that people, as a producer and as a viewer, he says that people want to watch these shows for, or at least New York, for the crazy wild antics, that that's what New York was. That was the premise of the show, crazy antics from a true group of friends, and that that premise seemed to have got lost in that season. And he's like, even I didn't really care to watch this season because it did feel very political. Ebony claims that it was not political at all. She didn't talk about policy. She didn't talk about, you know, she didn't talk about climate change or, you know, she didn't talk about abortion. She's like, I didn't talk about political issues and whatever. They also, Carlos and Ramona also compared it to like when Carol Radziwill was also talking about politics and she was talking about Trump and Hillary and the election and all that stuff. I remember it being taxing and fatiguing watching those scenes as well. I don't think people, I don't think the audience is there for that. You know, I think the audience, that's not to say that somebody's experience should be edited out of the show or not acknowledged, but I do, but Ebony is also admitted to saying that she felt pressured to kind of be that person to bring up those topics and address those things based off of the climate that we were in at the time. And I get that. That's fair. Everybody was talking about these things, whether they were comfortable conversations or not. Everybody was talking about them. So it did seem kind of fair that she would also want to talk about it as well. I mean, there were a few things that did kind of rub me the wrong way, like when she was hosting Black Shabbat and she like didn't want to invite Bershon to Black Shabbat. Listen, whatever. Do I think they're both? I think Ramona and Ebony are both telling what they believe to be their versions of the truth. I think it's really just a case of she said, she said. I don't know which one I believe more than the other. Um, I will say that in listening to the interview with Carlos King, he didn't seem to be bothered by any of the comments that were being made about Ebony. Um, and he seemed to kind of agree with Ramona in a lot of those aspects. And it also didn't seem like Ramona, other than saying that Ebony was the reason they didn't have a reunion and the reason the show didn't move forward because of the, her claims to HR. Other than that, I didn't get the impression that Ramon was necessarily saying anything negative about Ebony. And I truly believe in listening to this interview, Ramona believed that her and Ebony were on friendlier terms. Ebony's episode didn't seem to give that sentiment or impression. It seemed like Ebony, and she even said in her interview, what did she say? Just that, um, that all of these women were upset that they lost their paycheck. She said, these ladies don't talk to her because they're just mad that they lost their paycheck. And listen, Ramona was, it definitely seems Ramona was pissed that she lost her paycheck. And she said that her reputation was hurt as a result of the claim that Ebony made. 
I mean, it's a big claim to make, especially when you didn't witness it yourself, but it's a second account telling of something that somebody else claims that they heard. So I don't know. It doesn't seem like any of these women are talking to Ebony, though. Ebony also claimed that, well, they have their own group chat that doesn't include her. So I'll let you determine what you want to determine about the Ramona or Ebony thing. I don't think we need a Team Ramona, Team Ebony sort of position to take on it. I'm remaining objective in it and saying, I really believe they both believe themselves. I believe Ebony believes her version of the events, and I believe Ramona believes her version of the events. I mean, in my position and opinion, I think if there's an investigation and they don't find evidence to corroborate something enough to actually do something, I think that that says a lot. I mean, come on. They fired Jax and Brittany. Or sorry, not Brittany. Brittany quit. They fired Stassi and Kristen and Brett and Max. They fired Leanne Locken. Um, They didn't bring back Dallas because of the cultural climate that that had really tanked into with Tiffany versus Cameron um, and the Brandy Redmond stuff. I mean, it seems like they kind of were willing to bring Brandy back and move the show forward with her. But once things kind of reached a, a tipping point with the Westcots and with Tiffany Moon, they scrapped that. So it seemed like in this time frame, Bravo had a zero tolerance policy that and they also just had they didn't have Cameron Westcott or Leanne Locken at BravoCon. I mean, granted, Dallas also isn't on, but they didn't have Stassi there. They didn't have Kristen there. They didn't have Bra- Brett there. They didn't have Max there. Jax wasn't there. So it seems like in this period of time, Bravo had a zero tolerance policy and they were just canceling. There was the guy from below deck. They were just, you know, cutting people off like that. I mean, with Ramona really, listen, Royal Housewives of New York isn't on, yet they still had the cast. They still had Ebony and Ramona there, Sonia and Lou, but it's fair to say Sonia and Lou were there to announce their new show. They're, you know, crappy lake show um was it welcome to crappy lake or something like that that's coming out early next year so i mean it's fair to say that's why they were there but like and ramona was there for and ramona and jill were there for ultimate girls trip season two but i mean there was really no reason to have ramona and ebony there especially if all these other cast members that were fired were not welcome to BravoCon. jen shaw was not welcome to BravoCon. she still crushed it but Ramona was invited back. I don't think they would have invited Ramona back had they really found something in like actually wrong with her behavior. I mean, listen, she's had a lot of problematic behavior. Let's not lie. But at least in terms of the remarks or the claim that Ramona is racist or made, you know, racially motivated comments that were deemed racist. I think Bravo was very clear about their zero tolerance policy and they did not invite a lot of Bravo lebs that are no longer on shows yet. Ramona was invited back to Bravo con. So, I mean, I, I feel like they probably didn't find anything on her enough to still invite her to Bravo con. So who knows? We'll have to see how it continues to play out. Ebony teased that she doesn't currently have a show on the network. So people took that as maybe it's a possibility that she will have a show on the network again at some point. I also just feel like she continues to 
drag the network. I mean, I guess it's fair to say Ramona also dragged the network. But it, to be clear and to be fair, Ramona did say that she, she didn't blame Ebony for the reason the show didn't come back. She says, I don't blame one person individually. And specifically, she says, I blame Bravo. Bravo's the one that made these decisions. Bravo's the one that chose to sit on this. Bravo's the one that chose to split up the show. She's like, I, you know, Bravo made these choices. Bravo made this decision. And so Bravo is the one that has to be held responsible for this choice. I don't think one person is to blame for it. Because I believe Carlos King flat out asked her that question. Like, do you blame Ebony for this? And I know a lot of fans and a lot of viewers blame Ebony and they blame Leah. Ramona doesn't seem to blame either of them. Have I always loved Ramona's behavior? No. Um, It has been problematic at times. But I don't know. You can't prove something that didn't happen right so that's that's that uh in some more cheerful news katie maloney seems to have a new boyfriend a young boyfriend a 25 year old boyfriend i can't really say a hot boyfriend because i don't know if i would necessarily be into him but 25 year old actor satchel clendenin clendenin I mean, he looks like a nice kid. He also just looks like a kid, you know? Katie's like 10 years older than him. Um, He doesn't remind me of Schwartz at all. He's got curly hair, very fair complexion. Doesn't see, I mean, I would would assume based off of what I was able to Google of him that he was probably working at Sir or working at a nearby restaurant. He's 25, um, doesn't even have five or barely has 500 followers on Instagram. Ooh, excuse me. He barely has 500 followers on Instagram. His IMDb doesn't appear to have very many credits, so I don't know how much money he's making as an actor. I mean, struggling actor, yeah, maybe. Um, I don't know. It's kind of an interesting choice to go from Schwartz to Satchel. So, yeah, she's dating the Satchel. He's not, I listen, if I were to, if I had him or I had Schwartz, I'd probably be banging Schwartz and Schwartz, I don't even think can get it up these days. So maybe she just wanted somebody young that didn't have to take a blue pill in order to get it up, to get it going. So, I mean, listen, she's like, if I want a baby, I want someone young and fertile and that's got some stamina, but seems like a nice kid. She's definitely... I know she recently like referred to herself as like a cougar or was like, I could be a cougar if I want to be a cougar. She kind of like made that joke in an interview recently. Maybe she's the sugar mama. I don't know. I mean, she definitely seems to be feeling very empowered in herself. Um, Also, I'm not judging the fact that she's dating a 25 year old. If she can get it, get it girl. But I'm just judging the 25 year old that she chose today. Not really the rebound that I would go for. Like, give me, like, a bad boy. Give me somebody, you know, with some BDE that's just going to, like, fuck up your life. You know, that's the rebound. You go for the rebound guy. You go for Pete Davidson because he's got a big dick. And, you know, it's not going to go anywhere. But, listen, at least it's going to be good. I don't know if, I mean, maybe maybe Satchel has a ginormous dick. And that's what he likes about him. I don't really know. I've never banged him and I probably don't plan on it too. He's not an ugly guy. He's not ugly at all. I want to be clear. I don't think he's ugly. I just think it's an interesting decision, an interesting choice. Um, It's not somebody I would have pictured Katie with. I would have pictured Katie with somebody like more of like a Randall, 
older producer, established, you know, I would think she would want to be with somebody that could take care of her because we know Schwartz wasn't really able to like emotionally take care of her. But it seems in this case, or maybe he is the perfect rebound because he's a lot younger. So it's like that, you know, he's younger so I can take care of him and I'm used to taking care of Schwartz. So this kind of feels familiar to me. Who knows? But Get it, Katie. Get it, girl. Get it, get it, girl. To the front, to the right, to the back, girl. It's your not. I know he thinks you're fine and stuff, but does he know how to wind you up? Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. And that's all I've got for you guys this week. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. And I hope you had a wonderful weekend. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Stay tuned. This Wednesday, I have Harry Jowsey on the podcast. You know I love me some Harry Jowsey. He's hot. He's hunky. He's Australian. He was on Netflix. It's too hot to handle. He was also just on another Netflix reality competition show, The Lava One. What is it? Something about the lava. Don't jump. Don't fall into the lava. Something about lava. He, he was on it. But anyway, he is a hunk of hunk of burn in love. We have a very not safe for work conversation. So you'll get to enjoy that. You'll get to get all the juicy, the juicy scoop, all the juicy tea with Harry Jowsey. So if you want to get a little naughty like Katie, then definitely get ready because we get very unfiltered in Wednesday's episode. And it was fun. And I also throw some fun housewife stuff at him and have and make him like pick sides on different housewife feuds and stuff. So it's a good time. Give me a follow at Just Plain Zach if you want to keep up with me. Follow the show at No Filter with Zach, at No Filter with Zach, or at Just Plain Zach to follow me personally. Subscribe. If you haven't done so yet, smash the like button, drop a comment below, letting me know your thoughts of this week's episode. And um, yeah, I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Talk about No Filter Wine at NoFilterWine.com. NoFilterWine.com, 13% alcohol by volume, but less than a gram of sugar. All right, guys, I love you. I appreciate you. Have a wonderful rest of your week. I'll see you Wednesday.